0: Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me as always is Daniel Terry. How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great, man. I'm actually drinking beer tonight. Not a whole lot of it, but uh, enough. I will be getting there. Currently, uh, I
0: found these new uh, Lipton green tea watermelons that are fucking delicious. That sounds delicious. So I've been drinking the shit out of those lately. I'm into that. (laughs) Speaking of things that are are fun and delicious, that's kind of a terrible segue, but you know what? I don't give a shit. Uh, This episode's guest is Michael Barr, vocalist of Volumes... I'm just gonna preface and say that uh, this was done right after I did those like super long chats with Jesse from Misery Signals and Jesse from Killswitch, so I was just in a full-on, like, let's-have-a-conversation kind of mode when we were doing this. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, the nice thing was is really this was based around uh, the lyrical content of their song Pixelate, which is kind of just based on you know social media and kind of the the pros and cons of, of the world we're kind of living in based on uh, 24-hour news cycles and so forth, and so I was just like... Dude, you just want to kind of shoot the shit about that and just kind of see where it goes and he was down so that's pretty much what you're gonna hear,
1: yeah dude I mean I really enjoyed it like i said i'd I'd love to go into it at some point but uh yeah i that was one of those that was actually one of those interviews that I was like man I kind of wish I was been it had been in there to kind of uh interject you know a little bit here and there so but it's cool um I think uh, I think it would have been three hours had that happened um <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I appreciated it and I'm I'm stoked. I mean I, I, I like the two new singles and have always liked volumes, so volumes, sorry. So like it's just one of those um it was cool to hear his perspective on stuff. It was cool how you just jumped in and just started talking about real stuff like immediately. Well, like I said, like, you know, I knew going into it when we got the press release for Pixel
0: like the video and so forth, which actually funny enough, uh there's a, a smattering of people that I actually know that worked on that video uh, that I, I didn't know were working on the video and um, so way after the fact, which been really cool to kind of bring up, too. But it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, like right now we've kind of been in this mode where a lot of people are dropping singles, but there's no album in sight. Although yeah. you know that there's an album coming. So it's like you don't really want to get caught up in like, well, let's talk about this thing that you don't really have a release date you don't have any information and then we're gonna get a one-star rating and then some dude's gonna be like it's clear you don't like volumes with michael back in the band that much is obvious and then i'm gonna have to like get michael and talk about everything else that he's ever done um that's a long inside joke what was
1: your first art class yeah
0: yeah but uh all of that said you know it was just really cool you know going to amy you know the band's publicist and just kind of being like here's kind of what i'm thinking like let's just let's just have an off-the-cuff conversation um, about basically the themes that are represented in the songs that they put out, but just kind of have a real conversation about it as opposed to pushing something and you know dan and i have talked quite a bit about how sometimes this is sort of the sweet spot to find a band person in because you don't feel like you have to plug something typically they have time to talk because they're not you know on a big press junket so it's kind of one of those where it's like you're kind of just in a really nice spot to have a good long conversation and as long as it's good and the person's not trying to be like all right i gotta go like i gotta go i gotta go it can kind of be more advantageous to, to kind of have these things. And like I said, I was in that mode of just long form chats and just kind of letting them go where they go. But uh I had a lot of fun and I know Michael did too. We we chatted for probably another twenty, thirty minutes after this was done. Um so we almost hit that three hour mark.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but. it's cool. I uh yeah, I, I would have loved to have hear, heard the uh the other stuff. I just think he's got a really interesting perspective on a lot of this stuff and uh you know, and it, it very much like you said during the interview, John, that like you know, uh you and i have been talking about this stuff for a while on and off so i mean it was like it was like so perfectly on on brand like i couldn't just couldn't believe it
0: yeah um this episode's kind of long and we're probably going to talk a little bit more about the finer details of the actual uh, episode so we'll go ahead and get into my conversation with michael barr of volumes we'll talk to you on the other side of it mm-hmm. So, I have the pleasure of talking to Michael Barr, vocalist of Volumes, whose latest single Pixelate is out now. Uh, The band had self-described Pixelate as being about consuming and ingesting too much social media news, and also explaining that it's about the negative influence that these platforms, applications, and publications have on us today. Uh, For those that maybe haven't been aware listening to our podcast, we have definitely been touching on that subject for about a year and a half uh, intermittently, and I thought it would be a really great opportunity, especially in the midst of a pandemic where a lot of us are just inundated with this shit every single day 24 hours uh to talk more about that um so michael thank you for coming on and man what a what a time to put out a song that just feels like it is so encapsulating of every fucking thing 2020 is kind of about
2: yeah i know um you know it's crazy because we're just just, you know i mean i'm in la and right now um we're going through like i i don't I, i guess it's still the first wave First wave of this whole pandemic and COVID-19 situation, but um, I guess the second shutdown of the first wave, I guess if that makes, I guess that's what's going on. <laughs> 1. Uh, 1. 1.5. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's insane. Um, so yeah, it's just like, you know, it's all we have is like a screen, whether it's your phone or your TV or your screen in your Tesla, like what, what have you, if it's screen on your fucking fridge. And I just, am like, I'm just like, dude, like we all need to be really cognizant more than ever. And I feel like it's a culture thing too, where it's like social media and, um, you know, like it's one thing, you know, limiting screen time. That's like, everyone can do that. And that's like a wellness thing, almost like a trendy thing to do at times. But I feel like, you know, the social media thing and how that's like changed changes people and that's the that's the part of hate and like you know not to i could talk about the song forever but that you know that that's basically what i want what i wanted to talk about was you know especially living in los angeles it's like you see the despise and the demise of despise the demise of all these people and um when it comes to social media uh living here and it's kind of like watching people slowly go crazy and you feel bad for them it frustrates you you don't like watching it it's cringeworthy and i just like i'm like Don't get it sometimes. I do get it as like being a part of the music industry and like utilizing platforms and getting, you know, your product out there and more power to you if you make money off it, all that. But in certain situations, I just don't understand it. And I just feel like now more than ever, we need to like support the right people and like give our time and give our money to the right people with the right platforms and all that. So. It's kind of a blend of both those things of, you know, being really aware of, like, what you're ingesting culturally, musically, online, all that stuff. And also, like, you know, put the phone down, get outside, vibe with nature type thing.
0: Well, I think what was kind of interesting in, in thinking about You know, as you're kind of talking about living out in California, and I don't exactly know exactly where, but, you know, in my one trip out to L.A., it was kind of surprising to see how inundated we were with advertisements for TV, you know, at a bus stop. It's like, you know, and we also happen to be around uh, nomination season or whatever, so that probably added a little bit more to it. But it was like we were staying in a pretty new, really nice hotel in uh, WeHo, and or, yeah, WeHo. And, uh, you know, like, there's a giant fucking ad that took up, like, one side of a giant, like, hotel or whatever next to us for a TV show that was coming out. All the bus stops had, you know, TV shows or things on YouTube or whatever, and it just seemed like, you know, I'm used to the average, like, try this beer or, you know, whatever advertisement you see along the road, but it's, like, out there, it's, like, on crack, and it's just like, well, yeah, no shit, no wonder I, like everyone kind of feels like they can't keep up with anything because you're you're constantly being pitched things that you are supposed to be watching or to their point for your consideration. And it's like, I just feel like if I lived out in something like that, in that area, I would just be almost like I'd want to be a recluse, like just get away from everything because I'm just, it's everywhere.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm actually in Toluca Lake on the cusp of Burbank so the west the west end of Burbank you know the east end of Toluca Lake and that's right across from Warner Brothers so okay. like from my apartment from my apartment like right now I'm looking at like five to six giant movie posters <laughs> from my living room of like I don't know what the there's like the Flash and Scooby and all the stuff that WB is like obviously promoting right so I get it you know and like I'm I've lived here my whole life and I've lived around Hollywood my whole life. And I've kind of just numbed to those things. Like it's delved me if anything further into like more like, you know, obscure films, obscure types of music, obscure types of entertainment or whatever. Um, Because you do see it all the time. And it's like, you know, you're so close to the premieres and all that stuff. And just like, you know, people and people's kids whose you know, their dad is like, an exec at this, you know, entertainment firm and all this stuff. So it's like, kind of just like, yeah, whatever. But I couldn't imagine like if you were really affected by it and like had, you know, you're, you're, you were swayed by like seeing ads all the time. Like that, that does happen, you know? And it's just like, yeah, that's definitely not something that I, that I feel like companies should be doing and kind of like, I, I don't like that. One thing I don't like is when, a company will like their agenda is just everywhere and it's kind of and it bleeds it honestly bleeds into this is kind of specific but what's going on out here is a lot of like tech companies specifically like snapchat and i think what's the other one i think the other one is tech no it's youtube i think oh, okay. what they're doing is they're going they're going into like these communities like venice for instance snapchat's in venice and like all the ghosts insignias are like secretly everywhere so it's like if they have a building it looks like you know like the cool thing now is like not to know exactly what's going on like it wouldn't have a huge sign that says snapchat but like they'll have it in the sidewalk every couple of steps in front of their completely wrapped around their whole like you know three mile campus and then the and then the ghost will be in the stone. So it's like people in Venice are like, dude, this is insane. This is so invasive, you know, like your logos just everywhere, like this little ghost, you know. So and YouTube's kind of doing the same thing and with their offices is branding that logo. Disney does it out here in Burbank. There's Mickey Mouse stuff like secretly everywhere and then you kind of oh this is a disney building because it's like in the fucking street or whatever that kind of stuff is like you know people fight back against that stuff that doesn't necessarily bother me that much but you know that also goes with like you know billboards and ads like geez there's a lot and there's a lot of the same ones and i don't know a lot of material to get that stuff made it's just i feel like worst thing is when i see a billboard that's just been there and it's like march and like you know now we're in like july and it's from march and it's just been sitting there rotting in the sun i hate
0: that yeah i always wonder if they if someone just got a really good deal on that billboard or if they just kind of forgot about it they're like oh fuck yeah that billboard over wherever that guy either owes us a shitload of money or that person owes us a shitload of money or we need to take that down and get someone else up there
2: crazy business though like lots of money in just owning a billboard i do know that i actually know i actually know someone that owns that's, like, their family business. They just own billboards, like, throughout L.A. And it's, like, yeah, crazy. It's like, owning a parking lot, kind of, for advertising.
0: Well, it's kind of interesting, even about that, you know, in dealing... And I'm sure you deal with it on a much more larger scale than I do, even with, you know, doing this podcast. But, you know, like, we recently started getting to a level where we'll have some advertisers come on. And, and then you got to kind of figure out, like, you know, like, someone might be like, Hey, you know, we'd like to advertise on your show. What's the going rate? And you're like, Oh, fuck, uh... And you kind of have to put a dollar amount to it, which is really weird and awkward. But then the the flip side yeah. of that is you don't want to undervalue yourself because you've built something that has value to someone, obviously – But then adversely, the thing you have to do is like start realizing that not only is whatever the thing you're doing sort of an advertising market uh, opportunity, but then you even have things like your social media and so forth, which then it's like, well, uh, if you have X amount of followers, you do like a a sponsored post or you do like if you have a website like we do now where you can put some of these things, it's like, okay, like now that would be worth. X, Y, or Z to somebody. So therefore, I sh- I could ask for more now because I have more, a bigger platform and more mediums to to share these things, and it's something that I never really ever thought of. Until like I always just was like, dude, I just want to get to a point where I can make money to break even with some of the investments like the podcast hosting right. costs like boom break even with that, uh, maybe even getting some new gear or break even with what I paid, which probably will never happen. But um, it's just one of those things where when you start thinking about something from just being a hobby to being a a, a business, for lack of a better term you start thinking completely differently. And I don't know how much of that for me is the fact that a, like I come from, you know, marketing and retail or not marketing, but a uh, retail and food management. So I'm always thinking kind of dollars and cents, but also having a lot of friends in the industry and in various aspects of it where, you know, same thing. Like if it makes dollars, it makes sense. And that's the whole point of anything. Like you could sit there and go like, man, that band's t-shirt is stupid, but then they could be like, yeah, we've done seven, seven runs of them at a thousand a piece, you know, at $22 uh, sold and you know landed for us it was you know 325 so you do the math like we're just killing it right now on that shirt so yeah it's fucking stupid and i agree but when it makes money like i'm gonna keep printing them
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm definitely not knocking like this strategy because listen if i had a huge company, or if I had money invested in a huge film, I would be plugging it right now. It's like I, I totally get the hustle and I, and I respect it. You know, it's just like that, and that's you know the world we live in. It's, it's not anything new for the last twenty years or so, and you know you got to understand it. And somehow that's the way business is done: is utilizing you know advertising and marketing. But I just feel like if it's done tastefully and it's done in the right way, and like maybe people are 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 more like hey we know in the past that like we play our commercials like extremely loud and that's illegal we're not going to do that anymore has that
0: been deemed illegal now sorry to cut you off
2: yeah there's i mean there's a certain decibel level because i don't know like i, I don't know if you've experienced this but oh, yeah. i know Actually. i have or it's like you know what I mean? exactly i don't even have to say so they made that illegal and it's like I still see it from time to time and that's like this is so this is all you know I'm getting old because I'm complaining about that a decibel level <laughs> and I'm like in a metal band and it's during commercials, you know, and it's like, why am I even watching cable T V? Most people would be like, Oh God, cable T V, what the fuck's wrong with you? But um, you know, it's just that's an example and I get it, but stuff like that. I don't like. And I, I think with as much information is readily available to people and how quick they can access it. It's up to companies to like take some responsibility and like be transparent about, I don't know, their, their, what that, you know, their practices are and no one will. And that's not part of running a good business. You can't let people know that that part of it, but yeah, man, like, it would be cool to just see some... I love when when companies think, you know, they got to do it. I get it. You got to advertise it. You got to put your product out there. Totally get it. I run a business. It's a band. I also run another business. It's the brand. And, you know, definitely in volumes. Like, we put our shit out there. When when I'm doing my other thing, I know there's a marketing aspect that not has to do it. But if I was, like I said, if I was a big, big... You know, baller in one of these companies. I'd be like, you know, our ads are going to be like really funny and like speak to the not the narrative that no one wants to read this. And I love when I think there was a commercial I saw where it's like I forget what it was, but it's like yeah, I just saw it and it's yeah, big deal. Like they mentioned the brand or something. It's like it's like they they, they slide it in there. He's like yeah, big deal. It's it's just like this company. But back to the point, and you get it right away. Like oh yeah, these people are throwing their company.
0: No, I think it's like... Okay, because as I say, Doritos did something similar there, where they're like, you know, a lot of ads oh. will show you this and we don't need to show you like our name on anything. Like, we don't need to... And they showed basically... They kind of poke fun at the fact that they were saying all that because it's like, oh, here's the two like Cooler Ranch and Nacho Cheese bags with no branding on it. Exactly. And it was like all this kind of shit. So it's like, yeah, you're indirectly showcasing that we know what those are because we've seen them so much that you don't even need to put your logo or anything on it or even mention it by... But, your company by name we just know what it is
2: exactly exactly and i like that 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 speaks to me like okay cool like i you know i'm sure there's a bad person in the top of the company but at least this whole like advertising thing like i i you know you you get it you get what i'm what i hate and about this side of you know buying things being a consumer but i think that commercial actually was i think it was like that brand with the it's like it's like a protein bar and I think it's ice cube and he's just eating it and he's like, like, you know, RX bar, like eggs, salt. Oh nuts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing else.
0: Yeah. I remember. And he's
2: like, if you, if you don't buy it, I don't care. I'm still getting paid. I'm iced tea. And like, I was like, Oh my God, that's insane. I want to get like 10 of those. So I don't know. That's cool. I think that's an indicator of like, all right. You know, I don't think there's like tricking racist, Conservative religious freaks running this company. I'm pretty sure that's not happening here. I'm going to give them my money. <laughs> and I'm not like, <laughs> you know, in the most respect, I know I'm throwing that out there, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure people can guess which way I lean, you know, left or right, definitely left. So, shit like that, where you got to kind of do your research now. And, and like, that even goes to where these companies. Most of my favorite food companies out here are giving money to like people I don't want them to. And same, you know. So it's like you got to do your research because, you know, it's you got to think about that, and that's that's something important to me. You know, I wouldn't want to give my money to a cause of that that I don't necessarily get and behind, and to be very very nice about it. So I just think you need to, we need to do that, like kind of back to the synopsis of the song, just across the board. Like who who are we who are we supporting? Like who, who, you know, who are we, what, what music are we listening to? Like, you know, I hope it's people that use their platforms for the greater good and not some like nonsensical trend type of influencer situation. Cause everyone has, everyone's an artist, everyone makes music now and everyone's like has a fricking vlog now. So it's, you know, that that's the stuff where I'm just like, be aware of, like, the, who's really making music and who's not. And I'm not, you know, putting myself up on any cup of pedestal. So I'm not Michael Jackson, nor is Volumes Metallica. But, you know, that's something that we're trying to do is be more more real, more and more tangible.
0: Well, I think that kind of speaks, you know, sort of more to the narrative of the song a little bit. And something I've kind of been touching on a lot, I mean, even going back to an interview I did with, or I should say a conversation I did with Doc Coyle a while ago, where, you know, something I've kind of been really focused on when kind of thinking about, you know, social media and, and the wor- how it's affected the world is kind of thinking more about the, I don't know if it's not a narrative necessarily, but I guess it could be construed that way, is you're creating a false narrative of your of the life that you think you're leaving, leading because you can like, if you say something I no longer like or we have a disagreement, I can block you. And now, no matter what you say, I will never see it because it's it's something I've deemed I no longer view relevant to my quote-unquote interests. And the thing that's kind of wild about that to think about is what will that do to the long term and I know this may be kind of a really shitty example of what I think it has done is you know because people are have created a safe space so they're not used to hearing anything that they no longer want to take in in any way shape or form and that's not how the real world works and I think something I've seen where it kind of parallels that thought process is when I go to concerts now you know I'm in in my mid-30s and You know, going to hardcore shows now, sometimes you see people who are like, you know, two, three people away from the barricade in the middle of the fucking floor. And, you know, they're turning around. Don't touch me. And you're like, I can't help to. I don't want to touch you. I just can't help the fact that there's, you know, a hundred some odd kids behind me swelling forward and moving all around to the music. This is what you kind of signed up for being up here. And... I feel like I see so much more of that now where people are like, don't be in my space kind of thing. And it's like, I'm not in your space because I want to invade your space. You're in a public space, and this just happens to be the space we are sharing, given the circumstance. And I know that's a very extreme example of kind of what I'm talking about, but I feel like it is one of the perfect representations because people get so bent out of shape when that happens and it's like i'm sorry that you couldn't control this one microcosm of your life but it's not the end-all be-all either that you're making it out to be and that i think is a a broader representation of what we're seeing in the world where if you don't get your way exactly the way you want it and have the experience in life that you want people freak the fuck out and it's like that's not I, i i didn't grow up that way i mean my whole life it's like I don't want people being bullied, but sometimes I do think you learn to value, you learn value in yourself. Uh, You become more of a better person, I think, because you have to go through some hard, hard things. And there are just some things I think that as a result of how I grew up in the time frame I grew up, it has made me a more round, a better, more rounded individual, I think, on a lot of levels, Um, you know, because even going to a different point. You know, you were just kind of talking about, you know, having to do research. It baffles me that someone will just take something they see at face value, start sharing it, not even having read the article or read anything beyond a headline and think it proves their point when really it's like, did you read any of that? I I love when I go on Facebook and straight away, like someone will share something and you'll see like seven comments. And as soon as I click on the article, to read it a fact checker thing that says that it's not even accurate or even better when someone shares something from like seven years ago and I'm like you realize this is like way fucking old. Like, and so it's just one of those where I feel like that's sort of another problem is that we have a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips. And, you know, maybe I was grown, you know, from having to do book reports and shit and having to like cite my sources and all these kind of things and do some real research where it's like, we don't take the time to even do that anymore. Like we can't even be bothered to make sure the things that we're so sure of are actually accurate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really problematic. And, uh, I get it because it's, I think what it's done to, to us is made us like, just impatient as like a, a world. And, you know, I'm 30 and I I just turned 30 in February and, um, which is shit. That was actually a long time ago. So I'm halfway, halfway through the year, here. but, uh, Cheesh, uh, closer to thirty one.
0: That's all right. I turned thirty six in like two months. Yeah,
2: cheese. Yeah, right. Times it's insane, man. As it, as it, as you just get up there, it's like it goes so quickly. It's it's wild. But um, you know, I think I think we're just used to like getting getting our way, and I, you know, in in every single respective situation, I think we're used to getting our way. So I feel like. You know, look, you sit on your phone, you press a button, you get food. You know, you sit on your phone, you press a button, you can pay someone. You sit on your phone and it's like that bleeds into other situations. That stays in your psyche. So it's like when things don't, When you, it's like the classic thing when you're in line and like somewhere and someone's acting out because it's not moving fast enough. Like you see that all the time now. We're seeing these crazy white ladies. These Karen people come out of the woodwork when they're not happy and they're losing their freaking identity and they're losing their their grounds and their bearings. And that's, I think, a product of what we've done and who we've who we've enabled and who we've weaponized and stuff like that. And it goes to like even a little bit of what's going on like online. I can't even get on Twitter because everyone seems to, like you said, have the solution. Have the answer and none of us do. None of us have the answer. No one has the answer to life. No one has the answer to a pandemic right now. And I think what you are going to see is some of this get weeded out because I feel like we're going through like a cultural renaissance in a sense where I'm hoping things get better. I'm hope I know the country's divided. I know it seems like it's worse than it's ever been. But I feel like what's going to happen is kind of throughout history that's happened is these renaissances have been executed and they've been, you know, there to change the world. And I feel like that's what we're going to come out of is like, we're going to value things that are a little more wholesome after this, whether it be really minuscule or whether it be on a really large scale. Um, and I hope the 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 narrative and the, the the tone of, you know, social media and people just, not you know trying to get their way all the time and rushing through life I mean dude driving on the roads out here let alone you know is insane I mean people just like it's like I I don't understand like what do you 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 realize I'm here and I'm a car and like you can't just plow through me because you need to get to Whole Foods or whatever's going on (laughs) so I feel like that's kind of what we're doing on Twitter that's kind of what we're doing on Instagram is like we're just trying to get to the best fucking content we can which is cool but like at what cost right like and that's what I I feel like is is what we're gonna try to get away from and what we're gonna try to make a better situation for everybody involved because social media can be really dangerous all these things can be really negative and really dangerous the more you don't take a step back and realize how powerful they are so yeah I think people are just in a state more than ever right now where it's Everyone's very opinionated. Everyone, I think it's a lot of fear. I think people are actually scared and it's, dude, I'm scared too. Like it's fine. We're all scared with you guys, but it's it's projection and it's deflection of, of people not necessarily knowing how to deal with a pandemic, not necessarily knowing how to deal with being uncomfortable um, because their bubble got popped or their world isn't as, they
0: thought it was yeah I don't know the the other thing too that seems to be something I'm noticing and I mean I'm somewhat guilty of it too but it's usually like when I'm hanging out with a, a crowd of friends and maybe a conversation goes to something you know if I'm hanging out with my wife and her friends who are all in the same like industry and have worked together or are co-workers inevitably it starts talking about people or things that I, I don't really know about so you know I'll try sure. to be involved as much as I can but then if I'm not then it's like all right well, I'm gonna look at my phone or whatever but I even tend to find that, like, when I go out now, it's like everyone like could be sitting at a table, with three or four people, and they're all on their phones, not even conversating. And it's like, the fuck happened, man? Like, we've lost the ability to communicate with people. And you know, I was kind of reminded of a story a friend of mine was talking about. Because, thank God, I met my wife before like social media, like social media dating, and all that shit started becoming a thing, like Tinder. Mm-hmm. I mean, we met at a bar, which you know they say you'll never meet anyone good at a bar, but we're proof against that. But uh, it is sure. a thing where. You know, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, going on almost 10 years now. So it's, uh, it's a thing, though, that, you know, a friend of mine was like, Oh, I, I met this girl on Tinder. She was really rad. And, you know, we were having great texting conversations. And then we finally, like, met up for a real date. And she, like, couldn't talk. And I was like, what do you mean couldn't talk She He was like, dude, like she just straight up, like I would ask her questions and she'd answer it with like one word or like barely said anything. And I was like, that's so weird. I was like, I mean, if they're able to communicate like in another medium, it would seem like they'd be able to communicate pretty well in person because uh, obviously they have the the." dexterity, basically, to to communicate, vocalize, and all that kind of stuff, but I just, I don't know, that's so weird, and then, you know, we kind of got on this tangent about, I think, because we communicate so often through impersonal means, through a screen, basically, you don't have to you can say whatever you want because you could be more flirty than maybe you would be in real life because you're, you don't have to vocalize and put your voice to those thoughts that you have and see how the person's going to react. And, you know, it kind of really made me start looking at people when they, you know, when I go out and I see people who are kind of casually talking and I kind of listen to some of the things that people are saying. And I feel like people don't really have meaningful conversations or meaningful exchanges in, in real life anymore. And I don't know how much that is because, we it's fuck who is the comedian that i think it's chris yeah it was chris rock like from the bigger and blacker uh cd from forever ago and he was like uh you know you ever you ever you know when you've been with someone too long you know all their fucking stories and they're like you remember that time You're Like, yeah i remember the fucking time and they're like you remember when we did yeah i remember when you fucking did this why don't you get kidnapped have some real new shit happen to you then tell me about it so i'm fucking entertained and I realize like how real that is as I've gotten older and like say with my wife, like sometimes we'll both tell a story about something and we're like, yeah, I know you told me that like a whole bunch. I, I already know that story. And it's it's not that you're trying to be rude, but it's like I just wonder because of Facebook, because of all these various forms of social media, if we have over overpopulated people's capacity to deal with us. Uh, as individuals where you like yeah dude I saw your 17 posts today in the last hour I what else do you have to tell me I already read it <laughs> yeah
2: yeah you know I, I it's I think um people it's more comfortable for people to like control when and how they talk to someone and you can do that on a phone um and like I it's easier the expectations there you can kind of you know you can see when someone's writing back to you you know what I mean and it's like, I come no from way, a dude, you turn that shit d- off. Don't
0: let them know that they can read it or someone's responding yeah, know, to you. <laughs>
2: right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to sound very archaic and fucking like ancient of me, but like, and it wasn't that long ago, but like, yeah, I was born in 90 and it's like, I come from the days of still, like I had to like, um, figure out a way to, or like, you know, call the girl that I like landline, ask her mom if she was there. Um, or she was, you know, the worst. Or like, knock on my neighbor's door to see if he was home because that's the only way I can get a hold of him. And it's like, you know, is my home? Is it my home? Yeah. He's, can he come out and play? Like, does that even happen anymore? I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know it's crazy. And I love that. And I, but I also, since I was born at ninety, I also like it was not cool to do that anymore. And I got that wave of technology that really advanced when I was hit about like middle school into high school where everything was done by phone so it was really interesting to like see all that kind of fade you know what i mean and um yeah i i just feel like people want to execute their relationships like that that's up to them i you know i and also as you get older you know people drift apart and maybe those aren't the people that you want that you realize oh i'm out right now and I actually have nothing to talk about with this person. We're just kind of on our phones like yeah. and it's like that's something to think about like maybe maybe you need to com- 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 compartmentalize this part and stuff like that. And I've been going through stuff personally with people where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't really like talk to this person or like I don't really we don't have any meaningful Conversations, like maybe it revolves around drinking, maybe it revolves around music, and like you're in the industry, so I have to talk to you, or like we only meet up at the bar, like I don't really know anything else about you, so it's like it's it's yeah, I totally get it. I mean that's getting a little on the tangent side, but yeah, when you see people clearly using the opportunity of like hiding behind a keyboard in whatever capacity it is, it kind of like says something about them in a sense, and I hope not everyone's doing that. I I could tell you when I'm hanging out with my friends, like it's like we're fucking, we're not even on our phones, dude. We're going for it and we're having fun We're, you know like I don't even think I used to be really into like taking photos and being on Instagram all the time and I thought I was like well I'm in a band and or I'm doing music and you know I need to put I need to show my face and it's like I, how, for me personally it's like how exhausting and like I know people around me who were like didn't like it I was always like yo 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 like some people aren't into that you know and me being 30 and my friends like being some of them being older than me particularly like my closest friends I think I'm the baby in the group (laughs) yeah all of us all of us like would never show like how weird we're getting on a Friday night or like what we're doing and like how we're partying and stuff it doesn't really happen that much anymore and like when we do hang out and we everyone you know people are married people have kids you know i'm i'm pretty domesticated in my situation it's like we would never uh be on our phones we would just want to soak up each other's times and stuff so yeah man i i think it's just you see it's a mixture of people being young and maybe not like i'm still young but like you know when you get when you hit three o or you do you get up you know it's like perspective starts happening and you start caring, you know, priorities start shifting. And I feel like it's just a combination of like, there's more apps than ever, TikTok and whatever. There's more, so many things to choose from. And I feel like when you're young and like, dude, yeah, if I was 22, if I was 21 right now, I'd be like probably all over every single app really in the social media, just like I was. But I think it's just worse now more than ever in the trends and like what you know I can tell you that none of this stuff was around when I was using when I was like 21 22 I didn't even have an Instagram it wasn't even like it was new so like the challenges and the trends and like all the stuff that you kind of like feel like you have to keep up with that wasn't even around and I had a Twitter and I had Instagram so it's, it's crazy like yeah it's a lot it's a lot and I yeah I think that's the thing where you just see Young, young kids, really young, young kids. All you young kids out there, man. Y'all need to listen to an old, old guy like (laughs) me and my dude right here and really wise up. But yeah.
0: So it's kind of funny speaking to that a little bit you know yesterday we were walking my my puppy my wife and i and i saw these like three girls because i live across the street from an elementary and so a lot of kids will go and just kind of hang out and that kind of reminds me of like growing up where it's like oh you ride your bikes with your friends and go do something a little bit away from the house just to kind of like get away from a parent's eye or whatever but i saw them all what i presumably figured was them doing some sort of a tiktok thing
1: and i was Mm -hmm. like oh it's cool
0: that you know like the three of these these like young girls are hanging out and you know laughing and having a good time trying to to do this thing or whatever and so like in that regard that's one of the few times I've seen it where I'm like oh okay like it's cool that they're doing it but then I was like what's the adverse of that is there like a thing where it's like oh like and I'm just coming up with names so if anyone's offended that I'm using potentially your name sorry but it's like what if someone's like oh well like Becky sucks she can't dance or she you know isn't talented or whatever so we're not gonna do this or you know whenever we do a video with her it has like less views so like let's not do stuff with her oh like I wonder if shit like that happens but oh it happens yeah. but then I was kind of thinking as you were just saying it's like you know as you were like oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a band guy. I feel like they're, it's interesting sometimes like when listening to, uh, you know, like Chris Hardwick's podcast or whatever, cause you know, he's a, and you know, I know he got canceled a while ago, but I don't care. I mean, seems like everything kind of panned out and the truth came out about that. But regardless, you know, he, yeah. he, they've talked about social media with some people and, you know, some of the bigger celebrities he has, he's like, Oh, are you like on social media? You seem pretty well adjusted. And they're like, Nope, don't have it. And he's like, Oh, that must be yeah. so great that like you don't need it. And he goes, Like, has anyone ever like has has it caused any problems where maybe you don't get a job or like someone's like, Oh, we really would like you to have one so you could help promote this thing and he's and most of the time people are like, No, nah, I just I don't have it, I've never have had it, I don't care, and it doesn't seem to be that big of an issue. But it does that thought process has made me wonder how often does like a, 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 your management or a label go like, hey, you guys like uh, need to see you like tweeting out once or twice a day, you know, the month leading up to the a record dropping or you need to post something on this, like kind of getting on you to maybe be more active than you would want to be because you have to push something. Is that something or even using a new platform? Is that something that you have to endure? currently um
2: you know what fearless is pretty you know like besides being the best record label ever i love working with them and always respected them as as a record label um they're very you know they don't really do that you know it's it's when it's very important obviously you're prompted and you're you're encouraged to but um we've definitely as volumes i think I safe to say I can speak for everyone in the band that we've kind of shifted the culture of how we're doing that part and how we do business too behind the scenes where it's more, it's less is more in our perspective. Right. And, you know what I mean? And I personally have made that shift going back to like what my priorities were in my twenties and how I treated like using a platform like I did um, back then, which was like, a lot of drugs, a lot of partying, a lot of stuff like that, which I really put out there, which is common, not 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 an uncommon tale. But I just, um, I feel like going through that got me to where I am now, where I'm just way more private and kind of reclusive. And I like being like that, kind of unpredictable not knowing when something's going to happen or when a song is going to drop or someone's going to go on tour. I love that. And um, I think it's a blend. I think you got to do both because I would love to be in a situation where I was big enough or Volumes was big enough. And I know I said earlier that Volumes is no Metallica and it seems like I'm shitting on my own band. But I'm just (laughs) what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to say is, you know we have to have these accounts and Twitter and these apps because like we scream and we're in a band that's like heavy and we're on a, you know, we're on a a great label, but it's a subsidiary label and it's a boutique label and we're not the biggest artists in the world. So we, we kind of have to pander to it in a sense. So that's why that balance is really important because it's really smart to be active on social media and active on Instagram when you're not in you're not in drake or your songs aren't on the top 10 top five radios you know what i mean and that's our situation we have to work a little harder is what i'm trying to say long-winded answer
0: (laughs) no absolutely
2: um you know what i mean and and that kind of sucks and i wish i could just be like tool or pearl jam and just be like no fuck off and like the numbers go up even more, like we are more successful. And that's the goal, you know, to be successful and run a proper business. So you have to pander it to a little, a little bit. But I just I just feel like what's the brand like And our brand is, you know, we're going to obviously let you know and connect with you as fans. Fans are the most important thing. But yeah, on that, you know, it's you're, we're we're not here to to fucking make this weird, man. We're here to like make real music and like obviously we're going to let you in our lives and we want you to be the fly on the wall and be around all the time, but like we're not going to be um reaching to to put content out there that's disingenuous at all, you know? And I I think that that's that's the main key is, you know, what you you people can really see that more than ever is what's disingenuous.
0: Well, I think the thing that's kind of interesting about that and something else we've talked on this podcast about, you know, I think You'll definitely remember this being the age you are, but I really remember when records came out, it's like you maybe got one single and that was it. And you were kinda of hoping that that was the it was good enough to make you wanna buy the record when it came out for like twenty five dollars when, you know, CDs were ass ass expensive. And uh it's it's a thing now where like it it's crazy to see the rollout for records now. I mean, sometimes you'll see you know, like, you guys are two singles in currently between Holy Water and, and Pixelate. Uh Last I checked a couple of days ago, there's no record on in sight currently. These are just songs that just are. And it's almost kind of like one of those where it's like, okay, so is this more of the just drop songs every so often just to keep people interested and keep your name out there? Or is this part of a, a bigger thing where it's like, yeah, this is like the four-month rollout to a record, and these are the first two out of the next, you know, if we have 12 songs on a record... These are two of the six that we're going to have or whatever that are going to come out for, you know, the, the pre-release kind of. And it's just kind of shocking to see what way the industry's kind of shifting because I can't figure out if it's going back to singles and just constant content of pushing one single over the course of however long. And then when that one's kind of dying out, like, boom, here comes the other one, because that's sort of what it seems to be. And I mean, you can even look to someone like Bring Me, who's sort of just kind of fucking with the format as a whole, where they're like yeah, we're doing EPs only. Uh, You know, maybe we're going to do a song here and there in between those EPs. And just kind of, they're constantly out there and creating content for their fans, good, bad, or indifferent. But I kind of like what, I think Ollie said in an interview where he was just like, look, you may not like this one, and that's okay. Maybe you'll like the next one, and then the next one after that. And then maybe you don't like the next one we put out. But it's okay, because you know there's something coming up very quickly. You don't have to sit with that thing for two years and be like, I fucking hate this. And... I, I just don't know what way everything's shifting at this point because it, it seems like it's going back to singles and that's in constant content, but then it also seems like, no, we're just going to drop singles for the big release of the full record that everyone will probably have already grown tired of by the time the record comes because you're like, oh, I already heard half of it already.
2: Yeah. Well, what's great about the singles and back in the day was like, dude, you had a whole adventure, like leading up to it where like, how did you, for me, you know, I had to like, I was like, like nine in 1999 or or 10 in the early 2000s, so on and so on. And it's like, to get a record, to get a CD, I had to get on a bike or probably like beg for money or get money somehow. So it starts there, like mow a lawn, do something like that, get the money, get on a bike, ride down to like, I used to go to this place called, cd trader and it was like discounted new cds and they also had new cds and that's actually the first place i went uh when i got stoned for the first time i went to cd trader and like had like looked at every single record in the store (laughs) in (laughs) slow motion um but yeah it's crazy i mean i just i just when you said that i was like dude singles because you go like i would go and get a single was so exciting because you know maybe the album wasn't out yet or like maybe you hated the album and you just wanted you just wanted those singles you didn't want to get the disc for more money and skip through seven songs just to listen to the last one or the first one you just had the single right there that was so cool but uh, yeah um it is singles now and the reason you're seeing that shift is because people's attention spans are shorter than ever and that's also a marketing scheme is getting the product out there quicker um, so it's quicker to make one song, it's quicker, it's easier to do the artwork, it's cheaper one, to, to create that for one song, and everything that falls behind that, you know, it's just a lot easier. And also, it, it goes further, in my opinion, because they're like little mini projects or something. They're snapshots, exactly, it's a great word. They're not like an album. But, like, it's it's almost like a glimpse of, like, that month or that period of, like, what is happening with the group or the artist. And I love that because my favorite artists currently are doing that where it's just a lot of singles, really good singles. Um, And I love that strategy. We're trying to do something like that, especially now that we're in a pandemic, is... Now we have our whole schedule that got toppled, basically. So we've had to realign the album and figure out a better date to put it out. So there's going to be a chunk of time where we're probably going to get into fall, get into the tail end of the year, where you know we're there's we're going to have a lot of like a big lull. So we're going to be trying to push a lot of singles based on that fact and using that that format. And we wouldn't want to do it any other way. And we've had conversations about you know a lengthy album or. Or 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 putting out an, another EP, and it's like I don't know if that I don't know if that is like you know like my biggest piece of advice for any like young band or, or artist listening is like I would not put a long album out or a long format anything unless it's visual, unless it's like you know, and even at that, you don't want to put like a fifteen minute vlog out. But it's really important not to be like, oh, we're gonna we're a band and we're gonna put out a 12 song album as our first song. Like that's the wrong move right now. Maybe work, maybe it was a good move back in the day or when music was different. But right now it's like the best way, the best tactic to gain people's attention is putting out singles or really short songs that have a lot of ammunition behind it, as far as like content and visuals and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I, I'm in favor for it because I don't like albums that are really long when it comes to, genres of music that i don't feel like it translates well like you know like grateful dead grateful dead awesome give me 37 songs give me 47 (laughs) songs like you know rush fuck yeah but like we don't need you know i just feel like it's it's not yeah it's 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 just adding to the clutter you know and that's just my personal opinion and, and that's what you're seeing though you're seeing and that's a direct result of pe- bogging people down with like technology and us being used to things happening very quickly these days um and it's like the music industry is really smart by like pandering to that and pandering sounds very that's that's not the right word but no, i pivoting <laughs>
1: but,
2: i don't know <laughs> like you're right i know uh, uh you know adapting to that and making sure that they evolve because I'm part of that industry and we're understanding that side of it. And it's been a, 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 a not, not like a not like a fight, but more of a debate between the band of like some people in the band want a long album. I'm very much not on that. I'm like let's let's do the less more thing, even with our music, because you know I don't want to I don't want to put out like a like you're not going to see like a like a 15 12, 12 track album from the band. It's not going to happen. I just, it's not, we don't, and it's like, we don't want to, we don't want to have to like pick live too. That's another situation. Like, how are you going to play your whole album? What if you like all the songs? What if the fans, like there's too much to choose from. And it can be problematic, you know, but that's, again, that's just an unpersonal opinion. So no one come after me out there on on the on the freaking social media.
0: I think the thing that's been interesting about seeing where the music industry has kind of gone is it's it's actually almost reverted back to the way it was sort of in like I'll at least say in the 50s because I know I can speak to that a little bit more. But I mean, you look at like Sun Studios between, you know, the stuff they were doing with Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis, it was all about the single, the the 7-inch that you could press. Fucking put th- hundreds of copies in a CD store and then your marketing campaign to get that song on the radio, get it played, get that person on the road. Granted, I would like to say the touring industry has changed and it's not about people going to see that band with that one song, but I would be kind of be lying if I didn't think that still exists to some level, but... You know, I I look at that and I'm like, well, I'll be damned if that's kind of not what it's going back to, especially, you know, I know iTunes isn't doing this. I don't think they're selling singles anymore. I could be wrong with that. But I mean, it's like, you know, that was kind of the crux of iTunes at first was because I think a lot of bands were putting out shit. You know, you'd have the one or two singles, and then the rest of the record sucked, and people were tired of pe- spending 15, 20 bucks on a record just to be burned. So it was like, cool, for $2, I can get the two songs I want, and then I'm good on the rest. And I think, you know, the music industry kind of noticed that again, and we're starting to see that. Uh, we're starting to see everything go back to pushing a single, and I think as a band maybe that's in your your position and is isn't a slight on you guys, but I feel like it's almost smarter to do that because in the day and age of smaller budgets to record smaller budgets for marketing you know something i was kind of saying with the bring me thing where they're like you know maybe you won't like this okay so you spend the money you push a single you see it's not reacting in any way shape or form whether it be on youtube the song itself whatever cool drop the drop the budgeting costs and then reinvest whatever you did make back into creating the next thing And then instead of trying to use all that money to push a record, to push, you know, the first week sales and beyond all that and the, you know, tour supports and all that kind of shit, it's like if you just kind of are smarter about how you approach it, then you might take an L here and there, but you might have way more successes along the way that will lead to a a better and healthier career. I mean, Elvis is kind of interesting in that regard because he didn't, I think he only wrote like one or two of his songs ever, but the dude's got over 30 number one songs. And. You know, most of it was not on the strength of a full record. I I dare anyone to tell me one full Elvis record where they're like, top to bottom, perfect. Hell no. Yeah. You got like two singles yeah. off each one that drove the rest. And it was kind of like, these are the singles we know work. We threw it on a record. People would buy it because it's packaged in a new way. And, you know, there you go. You, have, you might have a, a platinum selling single, but you might have a gold fucking record. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that's a, that's also just that they, they wanted to save money. And it's like, if someone was like, hey, I want to make, you know, I want to put six songs on this. They're like, we can't even do that. This thing's seven inches, dude. Like, you can only, there's only one song going on this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that'd I, be sad. That and b side. So as, you know, obviously as technology got better and you get into the 60s and 70s, especially the 70s, you get great albums and you get, you know, you get reel to reel and that changed the game and that you could record for fucking hours. <laughs> you have all the, you have all those crazy B-sides from all those bands where you just hear everything and that's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, And I think it ebb and flow. So maybe it's a trend, I feel like. And it's not so much, back then it was very limited. Like we don't have, the technology. We don't have the financial money to do this. Like, right. But now that we do have it, you might see like, okay, cool. Like the, now it's trend. Like, all right, now we're only going to do singles maybe in five to 10 years, 20 years. It goes back to the cool thing now is to do long albums, which is I'm totally not against trends. I think they're great. I don't get why people hate trends so much. I do understand why they, they do, but musical trend, you know, it's like what? You can't, the standard just, the standard, you know, there should be a standard, but as far as it's swaying, it can't just, like, music meant to evolve, come full circle, you know, back and forth, yin and yang. That's what I really feel, and I I feel like for right now, that's just what works best for artists and bands because I've seen it, and I've done both. I've put out, personally, as a solo artist, I've put out an EP that was way too long. I've done some. I've made some decisions, and I should have that were poor. Where it's like I should have just put out singles instead. I tried to make these projects a thing, and da, da, da. so I've learned from experience that it's just the best way with right now and and the and the current you know fan artist relationship where that's the easiest, quickest way to give back, uh, most cost effective way to give back to your fan base is. Pumping out those singles, um, because they're there and they're waiting for it and they do support you and they give you money. And that's the coolest thing you could do. And, um, it's great. It's great to, it, it feels great. You know, you can get things done quicker. So uh, it. it is interesting. And, and like kind of going back, I think you said something about it being like, you know, when you're talking about Ollie and his, his interview, you know, it's like he's right where you get to a certain point where you put out five, four, five, six albums and kids obviously aren't or you know fans aren't gonna like uh necessarily love the music because you guys have been a band for so long and that's the classic cliche thing like play your old shit you know or the new stuff's weird it's not as good you know it's 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 rare that you hear people say oh this album was just as good as the one I love, like the one that I want them to play, that's really rare. But I feel like it's important for kids to understand that and it was kind of maybe something that they didn't maybe 5, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I think now like Read, you know, readily information, accessible information. People, kids should know. Kids should know. Fans should know how the music industry works. There's plenty of information on the internet of how it works. Um, we're talking about it here. How it works. We're letting you know know if people listening didn't understand why they're only seeing singles. You know, we touched on that. So I feel like it's not like responsibility where the fans are like do your homework and understand how the shit works because I put in so much time. No, but <laughs> but it's but it's there. And you know, like yeah, like that's that's you know that's why I, I talk about kind of the inner working so much with the band because I'm like, well, no, no one should be hiding anything. You know, like, you no, know, the kids know. You know, we, everyone knows that like how movies are filmed. Everybody knows. Everybody knows wrestling's fake. Everybody knows. You know, certain things about industry. You know, reality TV. You know, it's generally scripted. scripted you know, there's scripted reality. So. To know how the music industry works only benefits you as a fan and the relationship that you want to have with you know bands like Volumes or bands like That Are on Fearless or Rise or any of our our community and, and our peers. You know the, it's cool that you like, nine times out of ten, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I like, I'm close with a lot of people. I I know a lot of people and most of the bands that you guys listen to, and they're going to respond to you. They're going to respond to you. Like that 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 is also a positive. With social media, where you can message your favorite singer or your favorite artist or whatever, typically in our community and our scene, and they're going to respond. And, you know, if you have a better filter and a better understanding of how everything works, how touring works, how the music industry works, how you put out a record, you know, that I can just tell you from being an artist and dealing with fans and absolutely loving talking to fans, I get it's it's the conversations are great and they go way easier when you don't have to over <laughs> over explain why you're putting the music out and why you're seeing this and why I mean I will do it volumes will do it you know we're always there to answer every question under the sun yeah you know I just I would like love to see that if it's like you just that kids educate themselves on like you know how how, it, how it's how it's done and how it works because you can and there was a time where you couldn't you know maybe that was part of why kids were drawn to to music? That's why I was because I didn't. It's a whole, you know. It's so mysterious. How does all this work? How do they fucking do this? How does someone tour? But now it's like kids are so smart. You know, it's like you you know they know exactly like you know everything about your band. They know everything about you. They know how you tour and this and that. So I just feel like when it comes to the logistics of putting out a song, you know, they could they can learn.
0: How much of that though? Do you think is them trying to find a shortcut.
2: Um, you, you mean, uh, like, what do you mean by that?
0: So, and again, maybe this is my age, but, you know, when I... So I'll just say this, and maybe I'll cut this part out, the explanation part, <laughs> and just go back to your answer <laughs> to my question, because sure. I have definitely have done that. So... I, I have a lot of friends, you know, that are like one of my favorite stories recently because my wife finally kind of got to see a little bit more of what I deal with when I stay and hang out with some of my friends. So we were out at Los Rages this past year and uh, Porter from Atreyu, uh, he and I are friends. And so he came out to hang out with me and my wife for a little bit before they had to leave. And so he came out to like where the merch area was. And, you know, every probably two or three minutes, we'd have someone come up that would recognize him. I mean, he's got a giant beard, so it's not hard to pick him out. And, you know, you'd have someone go like, oh, man, like, you sounded really great tonight. Like, you know, my band, uh, blah, 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 whatever. And you always hear someone kind of go like, you know, how did you do it? Or, you know, this, that, or the other. And I almost feel like it turns into a thing of... Tell me what you did so I can bypass all the bullshit and get right to the good stuff. And I don't right, think, right. I mean, you've seen that meme where it's like local band touring around your area doing this, and then the person jump stepping like all the way to the top step. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I feel like sometimes when I see some of my friends have these interactions with, with fans and so forth or people in bands, I feel like there's a lot of that. It's, it, it is that they want to know, but I feel like there's a lot more of. I just want to skip all the bullshit and get right to where you are. So how did you do it? And I don't think – and that's something else I feel like is a part of – you know, the internet and so forth, and you kind of touched on, you know, people just wanting things instantly, is I feel like people want that as well with with all of these things, you know, they want instant success, or they want to get to the good part without having to endure any of the shit, you know, like, I've recently had some people reach out to me, and they're like, so how did you get your podcast to get to this level? How did you get this person? How did you do these things? And I was like, dude, it was a lot of trial and error, and I ate a lot of shit on the way. Like yeah it, it it may have seemed like my podcast kind of took off right away, and I had really great guests, but it's also the couple of years I did of booking shows, the few years I did of you know writing show reviews and so forth, and befriending people, uh you know, having them stay in my house and just knowing people. And there's there's like the other 10 years of those experiences that no one sees. So it's like when the podcast seemingly takes off in their eyes, it's like, no, it's it was a lot of kind of eating shit and figuring things out in (laughs) other other facets and then kind of applying all the knowledge I've taken from other people and having conversations with them going like, hey, dude, like, I'll help you out, but I can I'm only going to do this. And then from there, you need to, like, figure it out yourself. Like, I'm not going to hand hand pick you or hand feed you everything. And I feel like. There's a lot of that now, like when I see people, uh, you know, constantly talking to band dudes. So that's kind of more what I meant is, do you feel like it's a, a, uh, an effort to try to skip a bunch of steps and just get to where they, they want to be and where they see you being, which quick little side story that I always think, and I've never told this on the podcast. So I think this is a great example of perception versus reality. So when I had the Browning staying here uh, with me one night when they were on tour with Chimera, uh, At the time, their uh, bassist uh, went to go get Papa John's pizza, and I think the delivery driver knew who they were because they had just played uh, in the town uh, the night before, and he was like, oh, are you guys in a band? And I was like, I'm not. He is. And so he goes, oh, oh, I've heard of your band, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what does it take to make it? I just kind of laughed and went in and got my food and like I came back out and I was like "Did you tell him that that's that van that we uh, drove here in uh, is where you sleep like seven months out of the year, eight months out of the year that you make that you literally were just begging your tour manager for your $10 per diem for tomorrow to buy the pizza that you're eating today. Did you tell him about how you just got your shit stolen like a couple of nights ago in Missouri, like just shit like that. Like I was like, did you tell him all those things like that's what you have to look forward to to quote unquote make it. And he was like, no. And I was like, I would have, I would have been real fucking real about it, and been like, you think this is glamorous, but this is the reality of my situation. It's not, it's not as cool as you think it is. It is great. There are aspects about it that are awesome, but far and few between at times are the experiences what you think they are.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think that's really important, also for like anyone that's planning on like getting, you know, trying to tour and, and and do this is like, it's not glamorous, and it's still gnarly when you do get there and when you do get the bus and you do get the, the big tour and you do get the green room and the hotel and all that stuff like great still grueling man now recoup like you know try, <laughs> yeah try yeah not that <laughs> sorry <conversation. laughs> sorry but it, but no it's fine it's fine but you know it's like try 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 touring Australia, like, you know, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, I remember going to Australia, we thought we were big time, going to Australia, you know, getting, you know, accommodations, you know, seeing the photos of where we're going to stay, and they treat you really nice. It's a fucking grind, dude. That That tour will break your band up. It's a short one, but it's a grind, you know, and you got to be on your P's and Q's and you have to be on your shit because you're in like another country. And, you know, that, so I, yeah, I feel like, listen, in life, in life, I've, all I've done is, is achieved, is succeeded and then ate shit. And I think that's the roller coaster of life. And it's like, we, it's not, I don't know, something's up when it's just no one has, you know, all I do is win, all I do is succeed. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, right. But you know, I I feel I think I love that. I love people's shortcomings. I love people's failures. I love when people talk about those things, because to me, it's those, you know, right, like the favorite, my favorite movies are not movies where it's always a happy ending, you know, and I'm pretty sure people can, you know, attest to that too. Or yeah, I, I don't like tip, you know, I love, I love like a movie about an underdog or someone that always, you know, has to struggle. And that's like any good stories about that. So I feel like that's the kind of depiction of how life is and life should be is, is there's a lot of t- times, like a lot of, dude, you know, I still have so much more to do and I still have to keep my career going for a long time, hopefully. And, but anyone that thinks, you know, me as a solo artist or me as Michael and Bar and Volumes and maybe thinks that, you know, I don't worry about bills and I don't worry about putting gas in my car and checking my bank account. I mean, those I did that today. I did all those three things today. So, um, you know, I just I that. I, yeah, I feel like that's really, really important also to have in music, too, because you see you kind of the shortcut thing and. And, and kind of guys expecting things to happen quickly and expecting careers to blossom, you know, quicker than they're going to, they're out there, you know, they, they are typically bands like local bands and opening bands and local acts and opening acts and stuff like that. Maybe managers that are trying to manage you or something like that, um, that's where I see it. I don't really see it with fans. With fans, it's more of a situation where a lot of cool questions, like people are genuinely, like I can tell, I have a pretty good filter and I can tell when someone's being like, trying to just get the info out of me because they're going to, They don't even care. They don't really want to talk to me or someone that's really like, dude, like I'm in a band and, you know, we want our music to get out there and it's hard. Like How do you do it? And I'm scared. And it's like, you know, people know they can come up and talk to me about all that stuff. I'm always active and like trying to like give people and help people the best way I can when it comes to them having those questions because I was that kid not as brave as them walking right up to me, but I was too scared to go up to my favorite artist or my favorite local band and this and that, and just, you know, essentially punish them and ask them questions. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with fans. Even if it's like, you know, there's those kids out there that are like, you know, dude, calm, like, come on, dude, like don't punish me too much right now. Or they're there too. And you try to be as cool and level headed as you can with, you know, your comfort level and your, personal space and stuff like that but you see I see it more in personal experience with people that you play shows with and people that you're on tour with where they know that you're playing the show they know you're coming to town and you know it's they it's like this you know I've had people date me into coming to their house and then I get to the house and it's like it's like a TED talk they want me to do a (laughs) freaking TED talk or something and it wasn't supposed to be like that and I go okay I know what's going on here and it's like that's unfortunate right that that happens a lot and that's That's not okay. You know, I've had some situations where stuff where, yeah, I I know that someone's just trying to pry and use me as a commodity to get their band bigger or take the photo to tag me into – you know, I've, I've I've dealt with it all, Um, but it's typically with people that I don't know why they're there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: uh, and um, yeah, you know, it's 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 like a look, it's like a opening banner. You see it more in like tour in those scenarios.
0: Yeah, I as someone who has punished some people, I know I like pu- I probably punished Daryl from Glassjaw. My wife was like, "I'm so sorry about him," and he's like, "No, it's cool." And I was like, "No, you're being <laughs> you're being nice." Like, but I mean, he gave me like an hour of his time, so yeah. But typically.
2: typically So it's not, see, that's the thing is like, when you, when that means you didn't punish because you, you were, you were like, you know, did I do it? Did I not? Did did I punish him? Did I not babe? Like it's when the person just is like, just fucking checked out. And they're just like, they are talking at you. (laughs) <laughs> not with you and they want to like they have all these questions that you want they want you to answer but it's like dude you're talking at me like you realize like I, i'm giving you my time like this isn't like like you don't have to like you know frantically like hound me in the ground with questions but no, yeah, i don't that that nine times out of ten like dudes are stoked when like they can talk to like someone that they haven't been on tour with for like three weeks and i find my i find myself always chatting with whoever's in the green room like and yeah like i i I have that's the thing about touring is like you have these conversations and you we don't get recognition online i mean sorry we like as far as like tv and bands like volumes bands like you know anyone that's in our community or in in our realm that's part of the recognition because it's like we're not the biggest bands again like we're not we don't we're not drake we don't have tons and tons and tons of press so it's like those small interactions, those small conversations for me, like mean the world and go so far because it kind of like, you know, I might be having a really bad day, or a bit bad night. You don't know, you don't know what's going on. And I come and talk to you at the merch table or something. And you're just like, Hey dude, like, just want to say this. Just want to tell you that you've whatever. And it's like always it never gets old. And those are, those that's always a good, you know, that, that, that's like good press in my mind. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm 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 doing something right here. And wow, like, I get to have this conversation with this person, that's recognition at its finest, in my opinion, all the recognition that any artist needs, you know what I mean?
0: I think the thing that becomes kind of weird for me at times is like, you know, doing some of these, like when, especially when they're in person, or, you know, if you end up, uh, you know, getting a phone number, like, sometimes I'll I'll start texting the person and be like, hey, like, I'm free now. I know I, that we we're supposed to do it at like three o'clock, like I have you know if you want to get it done now if you have time so that way i'm not wasting like your night cool i have time just to let you know and sometimes it will be like you know sort of a texting relationship starts forming or whatever and then you kind of get to know the person and i was thinking about it the other day where i was like i feel like that meme like i don't necessarily get it because i'm old but it's like the dude in the glasses it's anime the butterfly and then like whatever the fucking book or thing at the bottom where it's like is this this okay yeah I know what you're so it's like about, a lot of right? times like i feel like the one that i would do for me would be like interviewer band guy are we friends now <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 9 yeah. 9 times out of 10 it's like that is sort of what happens is like you know some somehow a, a somewhat of a bond kind of forms and then it's like when i get done my wife will be like oh who are you texting i'm like oh so and so from x band they're like oh still didn't you just talk to him for like an hour and i'm like yeah i don't know i i guess we kind of hit it off i don't know and it's it's kind of weird cuz it's like I, we d- you don't really get friends as you get older like so it's kind of hard but then i think the other thing for me that is interesting too about it and something else i don't think a lot of people uh uh, make the understand really the relationship when you are friends with someone who's in a touring band is they may be busy so if they if you text them and they don't reply it's not because they hate you or they're mad it's they're probably busy secondly when you go see them at a show be prepared to only see your friend for like 20 minutes tops right and you know Mm -hmm. like there was a time a friend of mine was uh, on tour with Rancid and Pennywise, like two bands I don't really care about, but I drove like three hours mm-hmm. to go hang out with him and someone was like, how was it? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, did you not get a ticket and see your friend? I was like, no, I had, I had an all access pass. And you know where I stayed in the fucking lobby with my friend watching the Yankees game. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, cause to me, that was, I went to go see him. I didn't go to see the show. And And then they're like, and then you just went home and I was like, yep, I drove like six hours to see my friend for like two hours or three hours or whatever. And they're like, that's so weird. And I was like, that's kind of what you do. Like I would hope anybody you're friends with you would do something similar for. Yeah. I know. Right. It's so, it's so absurd. Yeah. I think it just kind of speaks to the fact that some people aren't willing to put in the time into a a relationship either.
2: Sure. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you're a good guy, you're a good friend and, I mean, it's funny because it, some people would be like, "Oh my God, what?" You didn't watch the show, but like the more you, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty close to the industry. I'm sure you've been to tons of shows, doing what you do, and all that. And you know, it's not the end of the world that you miss a um, miss a performance like that. I mean, I love both those bands. Like, I am from Southern California, <laughs> so obviously it's like red right, fucking Pennywise and Rancid, like the coolest shit ever to me but i can tell you that i've definitely like had an all-access pass gone to tons of shows and like necessarily like haven't watched the whole show but hung out or like maybe has like literally been like yo i'm coming down but like i can't stay for the show and
1: right yeah.
2: obviously obviously like that people go oh yeah you probably don't want to because this is all you do and it's like sometimes that's true but I know. It's like, even if like you, like even if you're not like in a singer in a band or whatever, and you just want to like go, that's happened. That's happens to be the place where you can spend time with the person, you know, that's you investing in a relationship. And I can tell you that I definitely being in a band and having a guest list. I, I definitely have weeded out certain people (laughs) in my life and just, it's great. It shows people's true colors right away shows what they want right away it shows you know how they want to get down with you immediately and um yeah man it's it's crazy i i, uh, I have people that don't come to shows because they know that they're not going to see me which is like w- way easier like i prefer that i prefer that or or like and you know i i mean i i would love for them to come or everyone's always welcome like dude, we have so many people hanging out backstage sometimes and everyone everyone's like, you know, it's usually family and friends, really close people. So it's a real family, homey environment and stuff like that. And everyone's welcome. But, um, you know, some people are there and they don't stay for the show. And it's just like, I, I yeah, I, I definitely have those people that have gotten mad at me because they're there and they're like, hey, can you come outside? I'm here. And I'm like, hey, dude. It's I'm like, at work. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, it's typically like someone that, used to watch me at like our fucking home venue. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'll walk off stage. I'll let you in. Cause there's eight people here. I need mean, 10 people here come inside, but it's like, I don't know. I've been at like a major, major show where like my band and, or me is opening up like, a festival or maybe not opening up and playing a higher slot. And like, it's kind of, it's kind of like a lot. I don't know. It's rude, I guess to ask like, Hey dude, Hey dude, I'm here on outside. Like, can you come let me in? And it's like, how do you not know that I'm like getting ready or like, how do you not know that maybe I don't want, I mean, maybe I don't want to be seen. Like maybe that's my tactic. Maybe that's my, my play for this show. And, um, it's just funny how yeah I, I I'm like dude come through come come hang out and I'll tell my friend and then that you know ex friend will get there and it's like oh no I shouldn't have invited this guy <laughs> or, you know I shouldn't have shouldn't have invited this person so yeah you do learn quick about like you know what people expect from you when you're in that position typically it's all cool and everyone understands but you definitely find. Yourself in some peculiar situations.
0: Yeah, I I realize that a lot of people don't really understand this necessarily, um, but they just see me at shows. Like I mean, a lot of times my thing on like Facebook will be like, "Oh, time for or did the work? Time to enjoy the show or enjoy the like reward of my my work," quote unquote, and. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. I only talk to someone for like 40 minutes, but no one sees the hour or three or four days of me listening to a band's discography, reading through a shitload of other interviews. Then not only to mention all of the hours I got to put into editing it and then putting it all together, uploading it, getting it all squared away for a weekly release and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, there's a lot mm-hmm. more to it that people don't see. But like there was a show coming through town and someone hits me up and they're like, hey, so... Um, Can you get, like, me and, like, seven of my friends tickets for that for free? And I was like, no. I was like, first of all, I'm not even doing anything at that show. Secondly, like, m- sometimes it's even a stretch for me to get a ticket for my wife, like, just me and a plus one. And I was like, no one is going to be like, yeah, you and your, like, you plus eight, no problem, got it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, (laughs) I was like,
0: that's not, that's not really how that works. Like I was like, I don't think you understand like, yeah, these are free tickets for me, but like the band is paying for it indirectly.
2: I know. Yeah. I would, there's nothing more than I would love to have like a giant guest list and have people over like at, you know, have people in your green room and everything. And that's, it's interesting because we've, in the past, um, when I was in volumes before I rejoined, uh, we really, uh, used that opportunity and that advantage of that guest list and got those times in. And, uh, really, you know, like we partied a lot and did a lot of crazy stuff. And I know that when I left the band and continued, and I think now, like we all agreed, like even when I was touring by myself and I'd have my own green rooms and Typically, I wouldn't even have one because of the, the venues I was playing. They were really tiny, but sometimes they'd have an area and, like, I was like, oh, it's a go. And, like, you know, you throw a mini party and it's fun. But I know now that we're. We're, we're like, dude no one is allowed in the green room like it's gonna be like twerking. like you have a gym section, your yoga section and then like just chill vibes, like no party, nothing And like we're really really even though we don't know when we're gonna tour again, but we were close we were getting there and we, we did do two shows um, And one show we had we were in Japan. that was my first show back. We played a really big festival. it was amazing. And, um, we had this green room, like the nicest green room I've ever had. And it had a full fridge and freaking beer and alcohol. And, um, I mean like everything that you would want or that I've ever imagined or like wanted was in this green room. And like, I was just like, dude, we need to this, like, I don't even want to ruin this place. Like, it's just, I... I was like, we need to, as a band, like if we, when we tour and we get on these tours, obviously that aren't going to happen right now. But, uh, we were like, we had a huge conversation Like, we need to be a band that's like, doesn't destroy Green News, doesn't party, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't like have that problem anymore with like the hecticness of those times that we used to have. And, all those situations that I'm used to being in and having like, yeah, just not being able to focus on the show because a million people are trying to get in or something like that. It's fun. It's cool. I've had it happen, but you know, if you're really trying to do it, and you're trying to be like the best you could be on stage, you know, you get someone to handle that for you or just don't, uh, keep, keep it mellow, keep it chill. I think that's, I think, you know, any, any good band right now, the key to success, any good band that's, uh, you know that has a bunch of thirty-year-olds in it, or even a bunch of forty-year-olds. I could I could tell you that much that it's boring backstage. I could tell you that much. It's probably it's probably pretty boring backstage.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I think one of the last yeah. uh, tours like that where it had been full of people who had been doing it for a very long time. We were all talking about uh like property brothers or like flipping houses and shit like just like yeah adulting right. shows like that. So it's not as a uh, not as adventurous as it may seem, like it is, like when people are like, sure. "Can you get me back there?" And I'm like, "What do you know about property, brothers? How how caught up are you?" No, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't come back. Right, again. right. <laughs> They're like, "What?" <laughs> um, kind of wrapping up. Uh, where can everyone find you and/or the band online?
2: Yeah, so um, you know, we have obviously we have our Twitter, we have our Instagram. Our Instagram is at Volumes LA. Our Twitter is Volumes Band at uh, Volumes Band and despite me kind of being apprehensive about being on internet and stuff like that, we're, (laughs) we're backpedaling now. We're really, uh, we're, we are active and we do put a lot of information up there. Um, so you can find everything you need on those accounts and then, you know, follow me and follow the guys in the band on, on their personal accounts. We're, uh, we're on there a lot. And right now we're actually in the middle of recording. So we, we are uploading and, and posting a lot of content of uh, us like in the studio and getting things done, like on zoom. And it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, it'll be, it's cool for like anyone listening that wants to like, you know, see that stuff. It's definitely being circulated right now. Um, yeah, that's this, uh, where our goal is to put more content out too. Uh, as much as I bashed on stuff like that, we're trying <laughs> to put out, uh, some more, some more stuff and we're really trying to utilize our YouTube actually going forward, um, and, and get, and get some good vlogs going, uh, that are done tastefully for the fans. Um, yeah, it's something that we're really, really, uh, important on. So volumes band, Twitter and, uh, Instagram, volumes LA.
0: Cool. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, Not sure what you were expecting, but uh, I had a fun time chatting and uh, have to do it again sometime. Maybe when uh, either for an Instagram live thing that we've been kind of fucking around with lately, or uh, maybe if the world gets back to normal, uh, do one of these in person or something. Yeah, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. You have a good night, bro. So that was my conversation with Michael Barr of Volumes. like we kind of kept saying in the intro there, uh, this is just a real fun, loose chat. And actually this was kind of, you know, not only was this right in between me doing the interviews uh, with both Jessies, but this is also kind of right in the the crux of us starting the Instagram lives and so forth that we did, which are very much typically like this, where it's just, here's kind of an overall theme. Let's just kind of go and see where it takes us. And there's something so kind of freeing and and exciting about not knowing where your conversation is going to go at any way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it was cool, and I, I really, uh, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this one. And that's not just me be like coming on, being the co-host, and being like, "Yeah, John, you did a great job." Here's a big old, you know, a, a big old uh, award or, or whatever. Like it, it's, it was literally like I, I was actually very engaged uh, whenever I listened, and I, and I, I, I found some of his stuff, some of his ideas to be very interesting. And I don't know if I agreed with all of it, but like that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, it was kind of interesting, you know, I, I've become a lot more aware of some of the branded marketing that's kind of been uh, leveled at us, I, I think, at times, you know, like, I didn't know the whole thing about Snapchat, you know, like, where you're kind of getting these these pseudo underground society type things, like, where it's like, here's a big building, well, what's there? Well, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know, but based on all the Snapchat uh, ghosts and shit like that, you're like, oh, it's their nondescript branding of sorts, but it also kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, uh, Fight Club with like you know their their whole sense of like they're kind of everywhere you don't talk about it if you know you know kind of a deal and it, it kind of gets a little creepy when you start thinking about shit like that like companies shouldn't have almost a fight club mentality when it comes to how they're branding and marketing
1: yeah it is it's very strange like uh the disney thing was weird yeah the snapchat thing was weird like the Disney one, not so weird, just like you know, having hidden Mickeys because, like, that's fun, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's very strange, uh, the way some of these companies quote unquote advertise without actually advertising. It's it's just it's creepy. I don't, I don't know,
0: yeah. It's uh, have you ever been to and I always get these mixed up, uh, whatever one's in Orlando is that Disney World?
1: Disney World is in Orlando, okay. which I have been I have been to Disney World okay.
0: two times. So
1: have you seen all
0: the things that they do for the children there? Like how they put certain things that like if you are like three foot six, you'll notice that like there's a crown on a wall behind the thing, but if you just happen to stand just so, the crown will appear on a statue from afar. Like little weird things like that. Like things that you wouldn't think of, but like when you know that there's little like Easter eggs like that, you're kinda like, that's cool, but then you're also like who thought of that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand it though. Like, I've got, I, like, I can't wait to take my kids to Disney World. You know, um, you just
0: want to drink at Epcot.
1: <laughs> I I, ha- I do, and I have. So the the best thing to do at Epcot is to go to each different nation and drink the beer from that nation. Now it's like the Bud Light of whatever that nation is, but it's you know there's a lot, so you're good. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I was not old enough to drink when I went there. Uh and I don't do rides and some of the VR rides in Universal kind of freak me out. Um like wow. I don't know if motion sickness is necessarily the thing, but it was just it was a bit much. Like the Spider-Man ride at times like you feel like you're going to fall down a whole bunch of stories and stuff like that, you're like that doesn't feel very good. <laughs> I just learned a new thing about John. Oh, I'm terrified of heights. That's why it's funny if you go on my Facebook, you'll see a picture of my wife and I at the, like, that tall tower in Chicago where they have, like, the plexiglass thing, and you can step out and look straight down, and you're, like, 80-some-odd floors up. And I was okay getting into that. I didn't look down. When I wanted to get out of it, I looked down real quick, and I was like, oh, shit. And I said that real loud in front of a bunch of kids. Um, my wife, who I don't think is really necessarily afraid of heights, just didn't trust the thing. Um, and so there's a photo of her and I in it. And you can look at her grabbing my hand, and it. she's just, like, got a death grip on it. Um <laughs> So, I don't know. Maybe as I'm older, maybe I would enjoy some of those things a little bit more, but I just have weird quirks, and I'm I'm not much for things going fast and wind in my face and all that kind of stuff
1: i need to send you some pictures of when i used to install satellite tv nope i'm good of like some of the some of the houses yeah dude i almost every single i used to freak my wife out because i'd go all the way to like the top of this like bell tower basically and i would always take a a roof like like a shot from the roof just you could just see my my, you could just see my little my little cable installing truck like way way down there (laughs) and uh yeah, she's always just like, "Yeah, I'm not sure if you're sending me that because you're trapped or, <laughs> or what the deal is." But uh, yeah, and I, I I love Heights actually. I'm ai weirdly enough, you wouldn't think like you would think that John would be the thrill junkie if you were just looking at us, and then I would be the one that plays it safe. So that's interesting that kind of yin yang that we've got going on here with that. Because I love roller coasters and uh, and all that stuff.
0: Uh, As we mentioned, this episode's kind of long. I think, uh, as of right now, all I've done is leveled the interview. I haven't really edited it, and I don't really know that I'm going to. Um, So... I'm just going to kind of start wrapping this up, uh, just in the event that this is going to be pretty much an unedited interview. Uh, more of a chat, really. But uh, if you would like to keep up with Volumes, it's simple enough. Volumes Band on Facebook, Instagram at Volumes LA, Twitter at Volumes Band. If you would like to keep up with Michael, you can find him on Instagram at Michael underscore bar with two R's. And Twitter, you're going to love this one. Very on brand for us. Uh, at the bar with two R's. Perfect. And Dan will tell you where he can be found on the internet. It may not be as cool of a name as at the bar,
1: but... Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Discuss Metal's pretty cool. You can find my other podcast at discussmetal.com. I can be found under Discuss Metal Dan uh, on most social media platforms. Uh, Instagram, on Facebook I'm just under Daniel Terry and on uh, on Twitter I'm also at Discuss Metal Dan. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all over the place, man. Just just reach out and say hi or you know, don't. It's fine. <laughs> and if you want to find us
0: simple enough, the central hub for us is at com anywhere and anything that you could possibly want us for it'll be there um peruse around we even have our friends up there you can go check out discography discussion talk to me podcast good company podcast a whole bunch of cool shit um so go support us uh, over there means a lot and speaking of support I'd like to keep uh, the support for our sponsors going uh, if you want to head over to rockabilly.com get you some awesome swag uh, which includes just about anything and everyone you've heard on this podcast uh, if you are into pop culture things and the best thing is, is it's 100% officially licensed you don't have to worry about the quality of the garments that you're ordering from them uh, they are 100% officially licensed so what that means is when you buy something it also supports the band that you're actually trying to support as well so it's a win-win for everybody Use our code BREW15 and save 15% off your total purchase order. Let's them know that you're supporting us and uh, for them supporting us as well. Uh, if you would like to keep up with On Point Palme, go to onpointpalme.com. Keep your beard and hair looking on point. Use our code BSP15 save 15% off your total purchase order. I mean, if you can't know notice a theme, we love saving you money. We want you to look good as well. And last but not least, uh, maybe you're not a good morning person, but uh, the Bean Bastard Coffee can help you with that. Head on over to thebeanbastardcoffee.com, pick up some delicious coffee, and Support those guys. They are doing a lot of cool things right now if you follow them on their socials uh, at The Bean Bastard, Facebook, and Instagram. And with all of that said, we're going to wrap this up because we're getting ready to go live on Facebook and YouTube doing our top five new metal songs uh, with Andrew from The Ghost Inside. So with that, I am John. And I am Dan. And for The Brutally Speaking Podcast, we will talk to you all next week.